0: Howdy, folks. This is The Good Speaking. Thanks for tuning in. Make sure to like and subscribe to our podcast and follow us on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, Twitch, and TikTok. Enjoy the gold. Hello. All right, this is a... Late night session with the boys. Welcome vampire hours. Welcome bleh bleh black. Welcome all to the Good, <laughs> the Bad and the Boys podcast. Did we already do did we already do a vampire bit? I don't think we have. I don't I don't know. I don't think we so. know certainly I uh, not. I, I, we had our Halloween special and stuff, but I don't think we haven't ripped off that, that yet. Like we like we as uh, if we care about yeah. originality. <laughs> <laughs> yes, these are some late night Wallachia hours with the boys. Yes. Yeah, so. I think that's what the kingdom is called. No. Wallachia, Wallachia. I don't know. It's definitely late night hours for me. I just got off a of Starbucks. They were vampire sucking life out of me <laughs> for my time and money. That's okay. Uh, <laughs> that's prime. Well, there goes my Starbucks monetization goes, of this yeah. podcast. I think we can just cross that sponsorship off. Well, welcome back to the Good, the Bad, and the Boys podcast. We're your hosts. I'm Terran. I'm Isaac. And now that the white man is done cutting into our Television reviewing hours, we can talk to you about something else. We can talk to you about another ripoff, not the entire concept of our show, but another show, (laughs) which is pulled from properties. Another show, yes. Yes, we're talking about today where we continue the the fantasy exploration. uh, Sure, the medieval setting we've had with a little a little Castlevania. I'm not talking about the games, beloved classics that they are. This is the television show, the the Netflix adaptation. Amazing. Such a great show. It I is. Love it. Yeah. So, can... um, I played a little bit of the, I have both the Nintendo, like the NES and the Super NES Classic, and there was a couple Castlevania. Oh. I forget which one. I think it was like, it might have been the third one, uh, what this show is based off of, but. Yeah, I've only I, I can't remember which one, but it was pretty difficult. <laughs> was I've pretty only tough. ever played Symphony of the Night. But yeah, they, they are hard games. Oh yeah, Symphony of the Night. Yeah, is that PlayStation 2? Symphony. That's of the night? I don't even know. I got it um mm-hmm. as like it was like a remastered version of it on like it was an Xbox 360 game, I think, and I got it okay. on the one. I don't know how I got it. A whole a whole litany of steps and remakes <laughs> led it to me. Playing it, so you know, whatever works, I guess, but right, fun games, uh, lots of lore to break down. But you know, that's that's for the games. We can hit me, DM me for Castlevania lore on the side. Yes, we're here to talk about the move or the television show, excuse me, Castlevania TV series based on these games came out in 2017, released to Netflix the first season, which was only Mm -hmm. four episodes long was the first season. Yeah. Very short episodes. Uh, or, I guess, short seasons, I should say. Yeah. Episodes, but... Yeah. Well, even the episodes are kind of short, too. Aren't they, like, 30, 40 minutes or something each? Or? Yeah, they're like, yeah. Somewhere in that range. But, yeah. Season one. Uh, I suppose we'll we'll go into season one first. So, Castlevania, the show. It is written by Warren Ellis and directed by a variety of people. Sam Dietz, Adam Dietz, Spencer One. But it was written, released in 2017, and it was written by... Warren Ellis. Yeah, Warren Ellis. Yeah. He had worked on a number of action movies before this, and he would written, like, comic series, so I feel like he was a pretty good role for transitioning... Yeah, he's well-versed. Yeah, that kind of story, does, yeah. especially into, like, an action story. Oh, for sure, and it shows, too. I mean, this this show is very, very well executed in his vision. It is, so... Fans of the, you know, the classic games and Castlevania as a series will find a lot to appreciate in it. And, you know, pleasant normies like myself, little Zoomer Zoomy (laughs) boys who hadn't played most of the originals, played, you know, Sympathy Night once because I saw some fucking hipster talking about it on YouTube. I I like to think that we... We are those hipsters now, Isaac. We, we are, yes. The uppity assholes on the internet someone listens to on their <laughs> car ride to work. We talk about some obscure movie from the 80s and just jerk each other off over it. And they're like, huh, <laughs> you know, I'll go watch that. And then they do. Yep. And that's that's the ultimate goal here. As we slowly turn to whoever's listening to our podcast right yeah, at this moment. This is the, the office <laughs> <laughs> look at the camera moment. Yeah, we have a Jim, yeah. Eyes on you, listener. (laughs) Jim Pan moment. That's right. (laughs) We're talking about you. Talking about you. Actually, going back into, like, the game setting. Yeah, so it looks like Warren Ellis, he wanted to develop or have a loose adaptation, kind of to flesh out the world of the third Castlevania, which is more about Trevor Belmont. And uh, that is the actual ancestor of the main character of the game simon belmont uh yes so we're actually like going going back in time kind of going back to the origins of the belmonts mm. uh which is actually a great idea because you know you you start with the origins you start with the prequels and then you can just build off of that and then go right into simon's arc you know maybe i you know i'm i'm assuming dracula will return you know he is a vampire after all or always so i, you know, I thought simon of alluding simon to, came first well, Simon did in the first game, but then the third one is a prequel to the first game, and it's oh. the ancestor of Simon. Oh, Okay. Yeah. For some reason, I so thought Warren that. Ellis is starting with with Trevor Belmont, the ancestor of Simon, oh. which is a very smart play because now we can build on the on the world of Castlevania. We can go. We can continue the storylines of these characters, which is cool. Quite easily. I don't know. Maybe, I I hope I got that right. Franchiseable. But yeah. I mean, I don't. Know. I thought. I thought. Trevor was the youngest, right? Well, yeah. In this, in this show, he is. Oh, okay. I think he just comes from a line, yeah. Because the, let's see. But none yeah, of the other Castlevania three, Dracula's Curse. That's that's with Trevor Belmont, and he's the ancestor of the original hero oh, Simon Belmont. Yeah, what do you know? okay. So it's kind of it's kind of cool. It's like we're go, we're starting at the very beginning mm. of the Belmont origins, which is really cool. And I'm sure there was plenty of Belmonts before him. Yeah, but of like named characters and from the games. Yeah. Mm-hmm. that's a really good way to start so good on warren ellis he knows where he wants to take this franchise and yeah so it it came from just a loose adaptation of the third but yeah it went through a lot of uh production hell a little bit did it. Um, <laughs> a little bit uh it looks like in this was i mean he had plans for this all the way back in like march 2007 i guess oh wow um with frederator studios Good old Federator. Trade Federator studio. Trade Federator. <laughs> the Predator. Roger, Roger. <laughs> Roger, Roger did that. Oh, God. Star Wars references in the Castlevania review. But yes, uh, <laughs> they had the rights back in 2007. So it looks like, you know, Warren Ellis was really trying to get it up and running. Federator producing it. They wanted to do more of like a, which I'm really glad that they did, you know, go to the style of like more of the horror. Definitely not made for children. Be unrestrictive in the storytelling, which definitely serves the story. I mean, it is about vampires. You kind of have to go the horror route. And uh, it's something that, you know, the studios, like the television studios, couldn't really do at the time, too, or like a normal television studio. So, mm. Ellis was, you know, with Fred Rader's help, I think he was able to adapt it in the way that he wanted. But again, it went through all this production thing and. At one point, they wanted to just make it a film, an eighty-minute film, and Warren Ellis was like, "I I can't tell the story I want to in just one movie." So he he made like three act scripts, just three three act story structure mm-hmm. in the movies, and you know I I'm assuming that's how it led to all all these seasons of Castlevania, but yeah. So he he just really wanted to nail it down. He's like, "As long as I can get this first movie nailed down, it will be." will be fine. It has this three-act story structure within itself. And then it just stalled again. They just really couldn't get it right. Around 2012, they asked Addy Shanker, who ended up being a part of the series. Mm. He kind of helped develop it up until the Netflix thing. And he wanted to do a, a live-action script of Warren Ellis's work. And because, you know, at the time, you know, Dread had come out, you know, they wanted to make like an Underworld type series of Castlevania, make it more live action in that way, which I'm really glad they went the animation route. Yeah. That wouldn't have worked out. We wouldn't have gotten this wonderful piece of work here by Netflix. So, and I guess they went to Powerhouse Animation Studios with Netflix. They got like a bunch of people who did like Cowboy Bebop and Berserk, like some of the anime styles. Okay, Yeah, they... They took things off of Symphony of the Night, too. So they were taking all these styles. And, yeah, I really want to see Berserk, too. I heard that's such a good I anime. So they, and Cowboy Bebop, I have that. I have that on Blu-ray. I love Cowboy they Bebop. They got some... So you can tell that they really... Yeah, some animation yeah. talent going into this. Like that. Do. And with yeah. the references, and it there shows. are many. And So you could tell the, the creators, um, you know, Warren Ellis and those behind... Just the aesthetics and everything, they put a lot of detail in it. There's a lot of very niche details throughout the seasons um, that just harken yeah. back to the games and the, all the stories within that and niche references and stuff. But These guys are vampire nerds. Nerds. Huge nerds. I'm glad they were able to make it work. I know they had like a lot of different directions they wanted to go with it. Live action, a movie, 80-minute movie. Yeah. Um, I'm just glad that Netflix finally picked it up. And Netflix is... I've noticed is just really good at being just true to, to just kind of more of the experimentations. You know, a lot of the Netflix original stuff. Hmm. I mean, th- there's hit or misses for sure, as we've seen on the show. There, are, there. Are <laughs> we've had a lot of duds on Netflix. I care a lot. <laughs> yeah, I care a lot. Cough, cough. But I'm, I'm glad that they were able to give it more of a free reign that it, that it needed. It's, it kind of reminds me the development that is of like the, uh, the 1980s. It movie miniseries thing oh yeah i was like well, why don't I make a movie and it ended up being a series and the pacing of that i think they do a much better job of of you know making the pacing work in this show yeah than in the it where it's like four hours and not a lot happens within then castlevania but i guess we'll just talk about let's do season one first just go straight from season one from your thing so season Sounds one good this is a this is a cliffhanger season. It is quite sure. it's a very short season. They really season. hook you in and they leave you wanting more. And the more you describe about the production process, the more that kind of makes sense where Ellis wanted it stretched out into a broader narrative, um, you know, that long form television yeah. style storytelling. And then otherwise, you know, they want it as a movie and whatnot. And I'd say that's the one thing that's a little iffy about season one, especially and kind of the show as a whole is the pacing, the pacing of it, and um, how short it was. It was only four episodes long. It was like 30 yeah. or 40-minute episodes each. The I'll do a quick recap of the season. Episode one is all about Dracula. We do not see Trevor Belmont or any of the other main characters that we see throughout the rest of the three it's seasons. A very shocking episode of one. Of <laughs> the series, yeah. And episode one is a very condensed story. It is all about Dracula. It is just, Dracula is sort of the main villain of the show, at least the first two seasons. Um, and episode one is all or about... Or is he? <gasps> Yeah, in episode one, you don't think so. Episode one, Dracula's like, he's a very tragic villain. Uh, it's certainly, yeah. and back to what you said before, loose interpretation of the games. The show does take a lot of liberties with the, the source material. Hmm. From what I was looking at, it goes off. Castlevania has a lot of good you know, storytelling elements to it, but from what I heard, and I only played the one game, but I was reading a lot about the other ones. A lot of that is akin to like, you know, old school video game storytelling, so a lot of it was just through dialogue, um, and then otherwise it was like the visual aesthetics and whatnot. So in terms of like, you know, hmm. the more intimate moments, the the characters and the villains at rest and all that, not a lot of that in the game. It's a video game, it's all action. Uh so the show certainly takes a lot of liberties to fill those gaps. Right yeah to flesh out flesh out the world, flesh out the characters. Yeah to see you know uh, who who yeah. are these characters when they're not running around in a two-dimensional world kicking the shit out of a <laughs> yeah, and doing the same movements yeah. over and over again <laughs> with <Yeah>. the same <laughs> And with just, like, minimal dialogue, minimal, like, exposition, and you just go right into the game. Yeah, You just kind of, like, brush aside the story. It doesn't really matter what's going on. All you know is, like, you just have to go kill Dracula. Yeah, That's I was, like, it. 15. I just wanted to go fight Dracula. I'm, like, just mashing A to get through all the dialogue. Yeah. I'm, like, whatever, whatever, whatever. <laughs> Let me see it. But And that, I think, is one of the show's strongest features now comes in, is, for the most part, changes they made, did a really good job with. I think they add a lot to the characters without hindering i suppose the the preserved you know aesthetic and the vision of what the games mm-hmm. had to offer and i think that's why that makes it a very palatable show for a lot of people uh, not if you don't like violence this is a very violent show you see demons like yeah very violent. Rip people in half they, i mean yeah there rip people in half they, i mean even like infants are getting eaten oh yeah demons demons and whatnot. And it's like oh my god it is fucked but it's great it's crazy. very dark fantasy <laughs> Exactly what you want to see out of Dracula. Dracula has some fun yeah. monologues. He's like, some merchants screwed me over one time, so I burned their village and staked them in front of their families. And, of course, it shows it yeah. in all the gory, beautiful detail everyone wants to see it as. Oh, yeah. It's a very... And that is uh, it's the voice of Graham McIntosh, who, or McIntavish or something, uh, who was Dwalin in The Hobbit. <laughs> uh, not Not the greatest movie to reference right now, but... <laughs> But yeah, but uh, it was cool to see. Yeah, and then even Trevor Belmont, you got Thorin Oakenshield in there too. So that was cool. But some Hobbit uh, <laughs> alumni, I guess. Uh, that's that's a selling point. <laughs> I should probably stop with these. Yeah, that's a good yeah, I don't know point. how this is a good fantasy setting. People from The Hobbit were in it. Hobbit actors. That's a flawless series. <laughs> oh. Get The Hobbit. They're, they in were there. good. They were great, great voice acting. <laughs> they did. Yeah, it's, all the performances good. Good. in the show are yeah. great especially 100% to Graham McTavish as Dracula. Dracula is yeah. simultaneously just heartbreaking and terrifying. Dracula is an imposing presence. Yeah. And the designs of the characters are all Castlevania production. It's Japanese games. So it's a very, I kind of like, you know, in Japan, they, they kind of have like a European version of weebs in Japan. Have you noticed that? <laughs> So it's, oh, uh, it's it's like american I, 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 no. and americans and europeans obsessed with japanese culture and they have you know their sort of uh. westernized interpretations of of like what, what you know ancient eastern warriors look like the weebs like that there's like european weebs in japan <laughs> i don't know what the thing is for but you see like a ton of animes that all take Dang. place in in a medieval europe but it's all like a japanese art style <laughs> and stuff so oh gotcha yeah uh, weird there's, like, some samurai aesthetics on the European knights and a lot of art there. I don't know. I like I like the reverse weebdom. <laughs> just reverse weebdom. Western and Eastern pop culture just fangirling over each other. Yeah. <laughs> it's pretty fun I wonder if people in Japan who like anime look I, at I didn't notice people that, in but... Japan who, you know, maybe they have, like, a claymore or something. Like, you'd expect some neckbeard in America to have a katana, and they're like, huh, what a fucking weirdo. Look at that guy. <laughs> if you guys know what the Such Japanese word for like a weeb, like a white weeb is. <laughs> Weebin' for right. the whites. <laughs> Let us know. Let us know. I was trying to look it up. I can't find it. Do you think, yeah, is like Dark Souls a good example of that, I guess? or I don't Kind know. of, yeah. That... Like that, there's, there's so many enemies yeah. that just have like a medieval Europe setting. What's it? Seven Deadly Sins? I think is one oh, Ross right? sins. yeah is attack on titan kind of that seems like a little uh, medieval, but i don't know kind of yeah i think maybe not i think only yeah. one character in that show is asian and that's why she's better than everyone else i think that's like a canon <laughs> <Oof>. thing <laughs> she's like the last asian <laughs> <laughs> oh, god. I, all right <laughs> i don't know there's a lot a lot to unpack with reverse weebdom wow all right. Well, that's a that's an interesting discussion. Uh, yeah. yeah, let us. Know I don't know where I was going with thing. that. Oh yeah, uh, the art style in the games is you know it's like uh, Victorian slash Gothic, yeah. like a like a dark romantic Very setting. You know, aesthetic. it's yeah, it's that's the that's the time period. But then you know it's enormous collars and and big flashy things yeah. and the kind of things you'd see in like an anime style rendition of that. Um, and I think the show does a good job of preserving that look. Dracula's got the big-ass Dracula, you know, cape collar that he's bumping. Yeah, very Romanian. Yeah, very, the, yeah. the big Romanian collar, um, just like he does in the games. Um, I think it's very, very well translated to to the show and it, For sure. it doesn't look unnatural. Oh, I, I, you know, I have a lot of vampire lore myself, actually. <laughs> vampire <laughs> lore. I, just this year. I was reading The Vampire this, this past uh, uh, Halloween. The Vampire Diaries? Um, with a Y. The Y instead of an I. Uh, oh, no, no. But uh, it's, it's from... Oh, gosh. I think John Pilladori. That is the first Western adaptation of a, of a vampire story. That's where we get the vampire. But it's mm-hmm. actually uh, Middle Eastern... Um, idea of concepts of a loved one or uh, uh, yeah a loved one haunting their significant other who has wronged them and like you know doing all the vampire things like sucking their blood draining their blood and um, and then it tr- you know and then it kind of transferred over to like the Romania area the you know Greek area but because of the whole Holy Roman Empire um, because it was Holy Land you know the vampires couldn't cross over and that's why you, you know you got the garlic the Mm. you know all the vampire things the staking the heart you know the crucifix because they couldn't pass through that land so it all stayed in the middle eastern area or like more of the greek area the greek was as far as it would go but yeah but it was about lord Ruthian ruthvian or something i think that was like the first western vampire appearance ruthvian in like western culture wow whoever made the call to change the name of the main vampire from fucking rufus to Vlad Dracula <laughs> Teppish, uh, great move. <laughs> one one of those yeah, great. <laughs> is a much more imposing vampire yeah. name. Oh, for sure, yeah. And and I think Pilludori too, the author of him was a part of that inner circle with like uh, Mary Shelley and Lord Byron and all oh. that. And like when they were trying to, you know, uh, compete with their ghost stories, see who was like the spookiest. And of course, Mary Shelley won with Frankenstein. Frankenstein is terrifying. It really is. Such a great book. But yeah, there's some little vampire lore for y'all. That's neat. So what you're telling me is that this show is a British comic book writer's interpretation of a Japanese video game (laughs) developer's interpretation of a European literaturist's interpretation of the Holy Roman Empire's interpretation of an Arabic myth. Yeah, Arabic myth. Wow. I know we were making like... We were making some rip off jokes at the start of the episode. <laughs> but holy shit. <laughs> this the is rabbit entire hole goes deep. Entire cultures. <laughs> wow. Yes. It's uh it, it goes deep, yes. So yeah, it was it was a cool introduction, um, with that the vampire. Uh, it was a cool little uh historic bit of how vampires came to be that is but yeah so yes ripoffs ripoffs and ripoffs ripoffs, so, rip-offs and, we and ripoffs well it's another ripoff this is a Thank very you, well Netflix. done ripoff the <laughs> best ripoffs are ones that add to the to the discussion which i'd say castlevania certainly yes. does i would say this is the most fleshed out dracula we've seen yet in the games is you know his is demon shit show that he enacts is a quest for vengeance but in castlevania season one an entire quarter of the story is just dedicated to that motivation behind Dracula. And we don't really see him that... And what a motivation. What a motivation. <laughs> so start out, Dracula, we meet... Uh, what's her name? Lisa Tupu, I think it is. She's a, she's a wannabe alchemist and a doctor. See her pulling up to Vlad's castle. It's exactly as spooky as you'd think it is. Uh, it looks just like the <laughs> Castlevania huge. castle. Castlevania castle from the games. Just a confusing, confounding, real, real piece of just the architectural nightmare it's that like harry potter staircase yeah um, just just flipping around wacky shit um she walks by obviously there's impaled bodies everywhere as there should be dracula greets her we first see him he's just jaded like he's he's not you know actively hunting humanity takes no joy in it really he's just given up Hmm. he's like whatever come near my house and i'll stake you but don't and i'll leave you alone as we see the inside of his house he is a man of science of art of culture of magic he's mastered just about everything there is to master he's which is a big theme in this too being very big theme of uh science versus religion mm, yeah it's a lot of a lot of that yes lots of science versus religion uh suppression and and it even goes even more into that like in season 3 and stuff and just how like different worlds work and how where the demons come from and mm-hmm. uh, it, it's very scientific based you know it's it's very uh and i think that's really a good direction to go with this is making things way more grounded in that way not so fantasy and mystical but rather if you're showing you know a new audience you know yeah this vampire story us uh what is it 20th century you know, science nerds and geeks, like, we appreciate more of that grounded, you know, scientific thing rather than... (laughs) You filthy liberals. (laughs) And your science. (laughs) And your science. That was definitely, I agree, that's a good addition. Um, You know, a lot of lore, a lot of magic in the universe and everything behind it. And the fact that they take Mm -hmm. the time to explain the things that are important to the plot and whatnot, the various facets of of magic and science that go into it. And it's very detailed. It's very in-depth. Uh, we see a lot of things that get explained in different characters, do different things in different ways. They get abilities from different places. You know, there's Sypha, who's like a magician, so she just it's like a, a scholar. Mm-hmm. She learns things and does that. Sypha is so funny. <laughs> yeah, and then there's people like like Isaac, not um, co-host Isaac, um, sweetheart to America, or Isaac in the show, one of the villains, he has the ability yeah, to like. One of the villains, masochist villain. Yes, he can. Very creepy, very psychopathic. He is quite wacky, or sociopathic. I guess he's just all of it, all of the pathics. He's at. He's all of it. He can like yeah. turn people into <laughs> demons. He just kills them and reanimates, puts demon souls in their dead bodies. All of that Oof. is, yeah, all just all the magic Terrifying, behind everything man. is all pretty clearly explained. And for a show that I think is designed to pull in a new age of audiences into an established world. It's good that they don't throw too much at your face at once. Season one, especially, no. it's basically just like magic is real. You're right. They, it's very grounded. It's not too wacky where you don't understand mm-hmm. kind of the rules of the universe. The rules are pretty much established, and it's quite nice. I mean, there's still some very vague things, mysterious, but again, it's still grounded enough to where we can be drawn in. Yeah, what's meant to be like intentionally mysterious is kept mysterious very well. This big, uh, well, a whole, you know, uh, arc in season three, like a third of the story is like just this mystery of what's going on in a church with a demon, spooky shit and all that um, paranoia and whatnot. So it does a very good job of keeping the things it wants to keep secret secret and establishing the things it wants to establish. And therein lies my only sort of conflict with the show. As I said earlier, it's a very slow paced show. It is a slow burn. And that could be Mm. a little frustrating for some people. The action is it's it's kind of um kind of spread out,, yeah. and the plot points are so far and few in between it is a very slow show, um but it's what they fill the you know that filler space with that's entertaining and engaging enough that you don't really notice season one yeah. episode one was a very condensed episode. We see Dracula's entire arc from just total apathy towards the world to starting to care again. Because he met a woman, a human woman, who made him care about people again. And then the church murders her, and now all of a sudden he's full-blown, you know, scorched earth. <laughs> I want to kill every single human ever. Humanity Dracula. is going to be extinct. It's certainly some villain shit, but honestly, its it, I thought it was good enough motivation. He's a vampire. I thought. I thought you know the motivation would just be he's Dracula he wants to fuck shit up that's it and honestly I would have been right he's just vampire it's just his, uh, just his natural cravings but no they they humanized it which is what Warren Ellis's intention was in fact he even commented that this whole this whole beginning you know and this whole when he just the wrath of Dracula is more of a suicide note I think is what he um, called it. Uh, which is an interesting phrasing for well, it. That was even a piece of dialogue in the show. His own son. It's like this ah. is oh okay. Perfect. It's like the world's <laughs> most elaborate tantrum or something. He called it like world's most <laughs> world's deadliest suicide note. Yeah, yeah, Dracula exactly. Is, yeah, yeah. He's just way more humanized. Like you, we understand, we sympathize with this villain, uh, and some, you know, Netflix. Uh, <laughs> properties have been pretty bad at, at that, that you know i care prop, a lot our, and all that uh, sure. there's a lot of confusion on who's you know so uh, it's it's cool it's like yeah we get more sympathy for towards you know a figure that's dracula you know and that's mm-hmm. it's kind of unheard of to have any sympathy for that man but it's cool that the show just brought that element to it you know similar to like kingpin and daredevil and you know it just it really works when you, you know you the audience is so conflicted where You know, it's like, oh man, you sympathize with the villain, but you know you shouldn't, you know. But, you know, it's, it it just, it brings a lot of engagement to it. So it's really cool. Yeah. That, it makes the villains sympathetic. There's like, there's like one villain that isn't. She's like a comic book villain, and that's Carmilla, I think her name is. She's introduced in season two. She's like, I want to conquer the world. I'm, I'm the. Yeah, she's just a conqueror, mustache twirling. I'm bad and I love it, villain, which, you know. In a show where there's a a variety of villains, it's fun to mix it up, have just the one that's there that you love to hate. I think she's an intimidating presence. She's fun to watch. She's the least interesting villain. Like She has the least going on internally. Dracula and Isaac are definitely the big ones. They are the most. They're the, yeah, most the most fun to watch. Coolest of, yeah, and maybe even Alucard at the end of season three. Will, yeah, yeah, he. Will, sorry, spoilers, spoilers. For him, but yeah, <laughs> As if people don't know that we spoil everything on this show, <laughs> we just spoil things without That's what warnings. we love to do. Sorry, tease. <laughs> but yes, it makes its villains sympathetic, and it makes its heroes flawed. And you're saying earlier that this starts with sort of the origins of the Belmonts. When yeah. we see the Belmonts, it's not the origins of Belmont House, it's the origins of, like, Castlevania Belmont characters. So when we first see the Belmonts, it's, at, it's only Trevor Belmont, he's the last one left out of the, you know, long line of unnamed Belmonts that don't really matter, because they're not the name Castlevania characters. Uh, and we see House <laughs> Belmont at its lowest. They were vampire and monster hunters, but, you know, sometimes you gotta use a little voodoo shenanigans to do it. And the church is often presented as as an antagonistic force in this show. They killed Dracula's wife and set this Mm -hmm. whole shit show in motion. And it was them who sort of basically just ruined House Belmont. I'm pretty sure they killed most of them, like excommunicated Trevor Belmont, and just like seized their holds and everything and just fucked them over because they were you know, superstitious. He's he's a reluctant, uh, I don't know, calling. He's a reluctant hero. Like the people... Yeah, he's a reluctant hero. It's like, you know, even, even the church is like, uh, the Belmonts, you know, they're so sinful, but we kind of need them. So, yeah, they don't like them, but they want him to help, and he's like, Are you even worth helping? I think the show nails <laughs> like the time period of <laughs> like just twelfth century Eastern European peasants where they're all just a bunch of, you know, zealotous <laughs> superstitious idiots yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all they know is like fucking farming and church and that's it so obviously all their right. opinions are based around that <laughs> and they're just they're just angry mobs all of them i think <laughs> it fits very well and they're just there to you know be fodder and die to demons in the action sequences in just the goriest of ways uh so medieval yeah. peasants uh great job castlevania's medieval peasants Top five medieval peasants. Top three medieval peasants. I don't know what number two <laughs> of 1 I haven't thought about a list of <laughs> of all-time favorite of, of medieval of peasant representation in media. <laughs> but <dressed> Castlevania <laughs> is up there for sure. It's up there. Yes. Good, good job, but Castlevania. But sympathetic villains and flawed heroes. Dracula gets a quarter of season one dedicated to his villainous motivations. In season two, we have a necromancer named Isaac. He's, you know... He also hates humanity because he was like a little slave boy growing up. Everybody hates him for, like, no reason. And then, you know, he finds out he has the power to turn Mm. corpses into demons, and the only person who likes him is Dracula. So he's like, yeah, all right, I'll be a villain. Fuck it. And that's season two, Isaac. That's his revenge kick, yeah. And season three, Isaac, we see him, you know, see that there are people out there that maybe make you not want to kill all humans in the world. And then there's other people that do, and he's, he's very conflicted you're not sure where he's gonna go with it and that's where the strength of of the slow pace show lies is you know it starts out big you know action set piece establishing stakes and whatnot and then we just kind of see the characters shift around they interact with one another with the world around them and you don't know who's gonna do what there are some characters like Alejandra Reynoso's Saifa bendalis she's you know she's a magician she wants to help people She's a good guy. She's sort of mm. the moral compass for people like Trevor and Alucard to yeah. have them go she, fight Drake. She kind of keeps him in check. Yeah. And tries to yeah boost him, become his potential of his yeah. Belmont house. He full potential. Yeah. But you don't know if Belmont's going to decide to, you know, save the world or just sit by and watch it implode as it set itself up to do. Yeah. <laughs> Is Is uh, Alucard going to kill his father? He loves him, but he wants to kill all the humans. That's a no-no. We got Dracula Is he, will he just kill himself or will he try and take the world with him? There's just so much going on with each mm-hmm. character. There's very, great characterization throughout the show. The the only unfortunate part with Trevor and Sypha is that around season three, it's the weirdest thing, but they just get shoved to the side. They'd be almost become side characters. That was kind of, that was a weird <laughs> transition into season three. They're kind of just there. Uh, Helping out that town with the judge and the portals and the infinite corridor and all that. (laughs) Maybe they did too good a job making their characters because by season three, it is more of an ensemble show. Season three has the slowest pacing yet because we have what is it? One, two, three, four. We have upwards of like five simultaneous stories going on at once that each episode just sort of cuts back and forth to. We got Isaac, we got Carmilla, we got Trevor and Seifa, we got Alucard, we got the occasional San Germain. Which going back to like humanizing the villains, like that's actually a smart way. It's like almost all these characters are their own person, their own you know arc. Mm. So it's kind of cool. Yeah, it's like we kind of get a perspective on everything. Not you know, I, I guess Carmilla's kind of a throwaway, but it's like she's the must. But yeah, spoiler. but yeah, I guess I guess they're all more you know, yeah, it's more of an ensemble of their own shit that they have to go through. So it was kind of cool in that sense, yes. but yeah, it's just weird. It's like Trevor and Cypher were kind of a a main thing during the you know first two seasons, mm-hmm. and then all of a sudden they're not in season three. is kind of weird, but yeah. Yes. The villains and side characters get about as much screen time as the other ones, which makes you feel like it's building towards. I don't know, Dracula ripoff Avengers, <laughs> yeah, cinematic. Castlevania. Universe. This is a Castlevania. Castlevania C C C U C C U. Nice. Later. Well, they opened up the infinite corridor, so who knows? There's so many possibilities that they could now. go with. So who knows? Yes, but I suppose if you were to rate the seasons going in one, two, and three, how would you? What would you give season one? Scale of one to ten. This is the establishing oh, season. season. One. Oh, scale Four of one to episodes. ten. Four episodes. Oh, great. <coughs> uh, I yeah, I, th- I think it's great. Um, we're going the kingpin route. We got the sympathetic villains, sympathetic characters. Kind of, it's a very neat way of uh, showing humanity with everyone. I'd give it a nice solid like eight point five nine out of ten. Again, yeah, I think the pacing is, I, I guess, weird in that in that sense, like you were mentioning, but. doesn't detract from how the story is structured and whatnot, but it does leave you on a cliffhanger, so that was like really jarring, I think. (laughs) But you knew that there was gonna be more to the story, you just had to wait for it. But it was it was kinda like, ugh. But anyways. Yeah. The next the next season only came out a year later. Yeah. (laughs) Only a year (laughs) later. A year later we got the the follow up to that. But honestly I think season one and two, I I don't know. I just they're all a good, like solid nine out of ten. Maybe even ten out of ten, I would give it like it's just It's a great show. It's something I would probably watch again for sure, like every Halloween or something. I don't know. It's just good. <laughs> it is. It's fun. It's a fun time. Um, I don't know. What do you? What do you? What is your rating? I would. Ladies? I would probably. I think season one, episode one, is one of my favorite episodes. It's all Dracula, Dracula shenanigans. Nice. That's a good one. Rest of season one is good. There are a lot of. And the show knows it. It it you know it makes its own pacing. It makes its uh, it has its own way with the characters. But each season, makes sure to reference the games and know what universe you're in. I mean, a little fancy. Trevor and guess, Sypha yeah. literally go on a platforming adventure through this little part of oh, yeah. the, this little, like Alucard's little house they go through. Yeah. The giant gears and everything, the aesthetics are there. The first, at the first episode of season two, there's a fight scene where um, James Callis's Alucard fights two demons and those two demons are exactly the same as the very first boss in, I think, Symphony of the Night. Oh, okay. And niche little details like that, I uh, think, go a long way to help help keep fans of the games. Yeah, people who are watching yeah, this it draws in the fandom as fans of the games yeah, to stay in. It introduces people who are new to the series, mm-hmm. like me and you. Like it's it's cool. It's cool to very get nice. that all encompassing world of Castlevania and gosh the fighting is so awesome that is I love yes i i really love the violence it's so, the it's so violence. Awesome. like just trevor belmont's whip is just the best weapon ever i i just love that it just if it gets to a nice velocity or friction it just like yeah just just completely obliterates the demons and they just <laughs> <laughs> explode on impact it's so cool which i don't know if that's also a reference to the game of like I, I know, know. the is Morningstar one. happens to the... I think it is. is. They just blow up. Yeah, they just blow up. <laughs> in the game. Yeah. Nice. Which is cool. Again, another good, you know, uh, homage to the game. Mm-hmm. Homage is like yeah, that. But yeah, I just love that. Where just the, the whip just slices through those creatures. It's awesome. Love it. Mm-hmm. There's plenty of that in season three, too. That was great. <laughs> oh, it just blows it up like 30 bajillion times. It was great. I, I can't get enough of that. Yeah. yeah. The fights are great. Accent. And they only get better as the seasons go. Um, so i would agree season one i'd say it's cut off too soon it, i just want more i just want more of it it felt like a yeah. mid-season finale not a season finale so for that i'll Which put it at an eight such a great and and mean way of hooking <laughs> audiences and keeping us in trade it is screw you netflix but also thank you for keeping me on my toes <laughs> too good ended too soon eight and a half out of ten season two um eight and a half out of ten. Nice. slow burn yeah. But the last two episodes, three episodes are action packed as and everything before that does a great job leading up to it. Eight and a half out of ten. Season three, I would say, is the slowest pace yet and goes much broader with all the characters. Not as climactic as season two, since season two, they fight Dracula yeah, in season two. I, but I, I love its individuality. It just it season three is very set apart from the others. Yeah. And I really like that where it just explores the realms and stuff and like just different weird things of this Castlevania universe. Mm-hmm. I really just like the uniqueness of season three. So that's why it's still like a nine or 10 out of 10 for me, I think. It's still very intriguing. But yeah, you're right. It's kind of a slow burn. There's a lot of it's, and again, I don't mind the slow burn because, you know, the all the filler space that they have between the major plot points is filled with great stuff. Lots of great characterization. Yeah. Um its characters are so much fun. Isaac yeah. and Alucard especially. Season three also introduces our boy Bill Nye. Uh he has yes. a, a new character. Oh, or, uh, yeah, Son Germain yeah great job there oh love that man he's so funny <laughs> he's like he's probably one of my favorite characters in castlevania i think so and and his in his whole arc is so very interesting yeah. and very wacky very doctor strangey mm-hmm. it's really cool i i really liked that aspect of it. it is all fun yeah season three i yeah it does kind of sort of blow it up and like we said it does take the time in seasons one and two to establish the lore <laughs> So that, in season the lore, three, the juicy we lore. have the foundation so that when people start doing weird shit and it starts getting a little closer to sort of bombastic plot and and story yeah. devices that you'd see in, like, the games, there's that foundation for it so that it's not like, uh, it's not like what we're going to talk about on Thursday where it throws you into it too much. It's not like some other movies we reviewed <laughs> where it just assumes too much of the audience to get into it you don't feel like you have to do homework to get this like if you watch the show all the way through you're gonna yeah. know what does what why it does it and then when shit Guard starts starts to get really weird in season three you're not you're confused in a good way you're confused by the intentional mystery of yeah it, but you're not confused like what's happening um so i think that's good and season three definitely builds on seasons one and two yeah and and again uh, great job with warren ellis on establishing you know, this loose adaptation of the third prequel game. So now, you know, there's a lot of setup now in season three. Like now, Alucard has kind of assumed
1: he's or, following I mean, his he's father's footsteps. Up the sins of his father. Yeah. yeah, the
0: sins of the father. Yeah, so he's kind of becoming an, a new Dracula. And who knows, you know, Sypha and Trevor, you know, they can, they might extend the Belmont line and, you know, maybe the next season will have a flash forward to Simon. Mm. and it just again it's it's all this world building it's it's the setup nice setup to get you know and who knows i maybe dracula will be resurrected you it know, is open the door for uh, that get more dracula certainly that was the biggest reveal there there's there's a bunch of portals a bunch of you know dimension like you know there was that hell dimension that i guess you know dracula probably you know got sent to and could come back uh so who knows so there's a lot of potential for resurrections, a lot of potential for continuation of the Belmont. There's a lot, Simon of, women, a lot of potential so. for future Castlevania seasons and been a great job of that at uh it was loose enough that very excited for its future. They can pull from any any one of the games at this point um and fit it in perfectly. They've shown that this isn't going to be a carbon copy of the game storyline. Uh this is its own story set within the universe. Uh, based on the games, so it'll have all the aesthetics it'll have all the the sort of charm and and what people want from the games but it'll have its own story that you know takes what's in the original in the classics and it improves upon it so there's a lot of options it could go a million different ways and i'm excited to see where it does go with them be cool it will how it will drain my time (laughs) Suck my time. That's, that's story. <laughs> I also wanted to talk about production value. Um, a lot of work went into things like sound design. And like you said, they got the animators for Berserk, Cowboy Beat Bop to work on it. So that does Oh, uh, praise be it makes the visual aspects very great. You know, beautiful to look nice at. Some pristine, very glowing, very awesome. engaging. Very gritty too. It is very gritty, and they get uh they're not afraid to try new things. I notice with the action sequences, as the seasons go on, they get more and more experimental yeah. even. Especially with the art styles it starts going into um, when Trevor or Sypha and all of their fire-wielding abilities blow something the fuck up. It sort of goes in almost like this (laughs) sketched type art style when the fires are are raging and whatnot. It's, you know, some big demon kill. And it looks like, um, I said, it's the concept art. From, from like, the games. Oh, amazing. Yeah. So it's not That's afraid nice. to get really experimental with the visuals and reference it. And, you know, as the show goes on, and gets more successful, the budget increases. And we could go from things like the tavern fight from season one, episode two, to things like uh, Isaac making a giant minotaur demon to wrestle a ball of big floating possessed people that another guy made and climb a tower. And it's just, a, it's a lunacy, absolute lunacy. And as he's doing this, it's just cutting mm-hmm. back to some three way a carte's having with like asian twins and it's just oh yeah wacky so wacky show very wacky but very vampire very, very vampirical yes you're not so. a true vampire unless you're uh <laughs> uh isaac what's a good way to combine bisexual with the word vampire bisexual, <laughs> Vampise- vampire <laughs> vampire there we go <laughs> you just created a new term very, You're welcome, uh, vampire bisexual. Very romantic era vampires you know they live forever they're it's all about carnal pleasure for them, and that's sucking blood and yeah. pegging. <laughs> so, what else is there for a vampire to do? Yes, but production value, and that's in all elements. Visual, sound design is great. Like you were saying, yeah. the cracks of the whip are so satisfying. Ooh, love it. Siphon makes some icicles and cuts, like, some priests in half. That's satisfying. Oh, yeah. The sound effects. cool, yeah. For Alucard's, he has that little prismatic shift thing where he moves really fast. And it was just like a superpower that they gave him based on his abilities you as a player had in the game that was just his dash. It was just the character's dash in the game, and they made it like a core feature of the the show character. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, and it was the exact style, too. You know, the little rainbow effect behind him that sort (laughs) of looks like the infinite corridors. It's just like sort of warping through space. Oh, as he's right. doing it. Oh, okay. Yeah, and nice. it's All oh, of that's, that's cool just details. based on, yeah, you know, just the little art choice that they had in Symphony of Night a while ago. So it's obviously, Amazing. you know, they know a lot about the source material. They love it. They're not afraid to go their own direction with it. I think that's what makes it so good. It's not faithful to a fault. I, I kind of want to try Symphony of the Night now. Very intrigued. I heard it was the best one. So I just, The best in the series. Nice. If you have Game Pass, check it. I'm pretty sure it's on Xbox Game Pass. A lot of the Castlevanias are that, or they were like free games of the month one time. Either way. Sweet. Yeah. Yeah, I'll have to check that out. out. You guys check it out. Be sure to also check out Netflix's Castlevania. Yes. If you're looking for, you know, a gritty, action-packed, white weeb. You will not be disappointed. (laughs) Fantasy. (laughs) White weeb. (laughs) White weeb. (laughs) (laughs) Uh. We gotta, we gotta figure out that term. I don't term. know what the word is, Wow! I'm sure. You have to search that later. I have to search That's it hilarious. to Reddit. <laughs> yeah, look to Reddit. But thank you guys Sweet. so much for listening. Yeah, thank, thank you, you for tuning in. Always happy to talk about this. Very excited to keep bringing you more content. Tune in for our Warcraft review on Thursday, where we talk about how yeah, not Warcraft. to Oof. adapt a video game into a new format. <laughs> <laughs> and and you know. Oh, what what happens when you do throw a lot of lore at people all at Oof. once and uh yeah be be sure to um follow us on social media we're on instagram facebook we have a facebook uh group page where you can post any discussion any questions you have anything you want to bring to light for us whether it be whatever facts we missed or or any suggestions you have for reviews racist accusations towards isaac from high school <laughs> uh, movies you want us to review yes feet picks your own analysis <laughs> we have a new episode every monday and thursday so tune in on those days or whenever um yeah just uh keep listening to us keep listening keep to peace. us <laughs> for, for, for all right <laughs> thank you and if you don't you are a devil worshiping heretic Bye. kiss kiss Howdy, y'all. This is Terran, a.k.a. The Bad. Thank you for tuning in to our new program. Don't forget to like and subscribe so you don't get dysentery. Now, everybody pretend that I rode off into the sunset. Bye now.